But yeah, at Orange Theory, my one my one mile runs were always right at six minutes. You know I what I did at Orange Theory, six. right? Set it and forget it. Twelve old and time. just roll five minutes. So yeah. yeah, I heard about that. I actually With an went incline. when I went to the Northeast. Weren't you in dress Holy pants? That was a twelve minute challenge. <laughs> I ran over two miles in twelve minutes in dress, dress pants, pants. and dress that. shoes and a button up shirt. <laughs> I thought Wait, I heard I'll show that. you the video. I saw why, it. I saw why did you do that? We'll, we'll post the video for the listeners later. What was the reason? Uh, well, Mark he, Lasby went in that morning and posted 2.06 uh, miles. And so I went in that afternoon and I went 2.07 miles. Wow. No excuses. That's big. I was leaving work and I was like, well, I, I can't let the sun set without beating Mark Lasby. Right. So I, I went in there. I didn't have my shoes, but I, this I didn't need them. That's a good reason. I don't. I feel that way about Mark a lot too. Like I just want to beat him <laughs> yeah. and stuff. He's, Feels good to beat. He's Mark. hard. He's not easy. He's to beat. good at everything. So when you beat him, you feel really good. About yes, yourself. and then you just hang it over his head forever. <laughs> right. Like in golf, when Tom gets home, I'm like, "Well, how did you play?" And he's like, "Good." And I'm like, "Well, how did Mark play?" And he's like, "He always plays good." Yeah, that's true. He's never had a bad day on the golf course. Yeah, I've seen a couple bad shots from Mark. He's hit bad shots yeah. for sure. But. All right. Hazies. I mean, I think we're already in. Are yeah, we five minutes in. into this podcast. I mean, I think let's just introduce them. We better tell people who you are. Who so you are. We have, I mean, you're a pretty anticipated guest here. It's been because, years in the making. And yeah. you've and you've listened to every single podcast almost. 98%. Yeah. If I know if a podcast doesn't post properly on Wednesday, I know I'm getting a text from Dr. Tim It Lodsby. messes up my week if I don't hear you guys. Yeah, which I appreciate that. That's that's pretty amazing. Well, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing, like connecting with uh Columbia's hottest people and um, what do they say? The, the best way to, to be interesting is to be interested. Mm, and you guys good. are getting interested in the people that matter in Columbia. That's right. That, that could be really a t-shirt cool. too. Love how he said we're talking to the Columbia's hottest people and since he's on the show. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here- <laughs> so you want to talk about biohacking? Yes. Because in Columbia and you're in the top three. 30 healthiest people self-proclaimed in the city of well, Columbia. Megan ranked me number one. So I'd, yeah, it I'd depends put, who's ranked. Yeah. Yeah. When you're having girl talk, uh, Tim Lasby. So <laughs> what, what's the, walk us through your metrics of why you think you're, or why you know you're the top 30 healthiest. Well, I would say health starts with knowing what health is, right? And, mm. and you guys don't appreciate this, but for our listeners, health is when your body's healing and functioning really well, right? Health isn't just feeling good day to day, but health is being able to, adapt to the stresses that life throws at you. So I would say I am very, very stress resilient. You know, I can go days and days and days without eating. I can work out for hours, you know. um, So I I would say my body's very resilient and that's what would make me the healthiest in Columbia. One of the healthiest in Columbia. Very adaptable. What about illness? Like when you start to feel like you're getting sick, how does your body fight it off? Or do you not get sick at all, really? I, no, I, it happens. I think this year I you know, had a day that I didn't feel great. So here's what I do when I do get sick is you work out anyway. You know, mm-hmm. you give yourself a natural fever. You know, the, the best way to to burn off if it's a bacteria or virus is you got to heat your body up. So I'll try to get into the sauna or I'll, I'll go do a workout, um, spend extra time in the sun. You definitely want to overhydrate, load up on antioxidants, and you do all that stuff. And again, if, when you're stress resilient, you can get better pretty quickly and rarely am i feeling bad for more than a day like rarely so at what point do you put a cough syrup in or a, a tylenol never <laughs> never again I, I don't see myself ever taking a medication again under any circumstance you know unless 
I'm, I'm sure like I, a crisis or something. Yeah, yeah but, crisis, but yeah. But it's wild to hear that because like, so can you think back to the last time you took a medication? Just so people understand like this is a real thing and we're in the same boat. That's a chat like a 10 plus years, you know, because I, I learned the chiropractic principle maybe 10 years ago, yeah. 11 years ago. Yep. And since then, it, it hasn't even been a consideration in my mind that I would take a medication. It's awesome. Sweet. And Tom, Dr. Randy, how long has it been since you guys have taken medication? I think I'm at 17 years. Yeah. I'm 22 is the last time I can remember I had one of those like nasal things that started with a Z. You like put Zycam? in your nose. Yeah. I think uh, that's what it was. Zyrtec? No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Zyrtex allergy? Yeah. No, this was like sinus. I think it's like Zycam. Yeah. Something like that. I'm, yeah, I'm probably 16 years with the exception of when I got my teeth knocked out and the dentist put all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. Yeah, like yeah. down my face and did all kinds yep. of stuff on yeah. it. Yep. So I'm the youngest Good. and the most amateur. I'm probably at like two years now, but that yep. includes childbirth, completely unmedicated. Wow. Not even a Tylenol. So yeah, yeah. that's remarkable. That's, so that's my bet. I beat all of you guys just because I've done that. <laughs> yep, childbirth is hard, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> It looks easy. They, like call it, yeah. they call it labor. I've been there for two and it was perfectly fine. I felt okay. <laughs> no, it felt great. Um, so Tim, like kind of walk us through um, your health routine and, and maybe how it's evolved over the years. So like where, where you started getting into health and like what your day-to-day kind of looks like. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this, reflecting, think, like why, why am I so passionate about being healthy? And I think it started growing up as an athlete and you guys Grew up as athletes too. Clearly. So you get, yeah. <laughs> Tom's an athlete. Um, but I started to recognize I wasn't the tallest or the fastest person out there, but if I prepared better than everyone else, I could still perform well. And in that, uh, started getting, I wouldn't say obsessed, but really into preparation. Like I would, I would lift weights all the time. And then I started to, to eat better because I knew I would get more out of my body that way. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of what started my, um, passion for, for taking care of my body. And then I think it really, um, when, when I say I I got the big idea and you guys know, the big ideas is when you realize that a healthy planet is literally like heaven on earth, Mm -hmm. like that, that's God's intention for the world is for people to be healthy. So when, when I started to, to see that, that's when I really just, I made it my top priority every single day is to take care of myself really, really well, because I would knew I would bring my best self into the world and be able to, to bring out the best in others that way. It's great. I love that. So then now, and I think that expands, right? So there's this idea that you, you start being healthy, do all the basic things that most people already aren't doing. Yeah. And then there's this extreme kind of other end of it where, which we would consider biohacking. Right. And we just had, we were talking with Brett about coffee enemas for probably 20 minutes and he just couldn't believe that it was a thing. It sounds absolutely ridiculous when you hear it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I I don't even like saying it that like, I don't like calling it a coffee enema. So (laughs) I'm going to refer to it from this point on as a a reverse coffee. (laughs) Reverse coffee. You're just drinking coffee in reverse. (laughs) And if you haven't heard of it before, you think, why would a person ever... If you don't know what an enema is, you have a maybe explain what a coffee enema is what or a reverse enema, reverse <laughs> coffee. coffee. <laughs> no, reverse enema. It, you're drinking it in reverse, so it's it's going in the backside. So you sit uh, in the bathtub. You have a tube that's filled with well, saline water and something else. Yeah, well, or so you're just well, you're but you're you're making coffee. Like literally, you're just brewing coffee like any normal person would brew coffee. Right. Correct. Yep. Well, you 
you're doing this, you definitely want to do organic coffee and filtered yep. water because the, the point of it is to detoxify your body in a nutshell. It's you're doing it for detox and you're not just flushing out your colon. That's part of it. But you're also like supercharging your liver. So like a, a coffee animal will cause your liver to produce six to seven times more glutathione. And glutathione is like your body's master antioxidant. Mm-hmm. So when your glutathione levels are high, you're not going to get sick. You're going to recover from workouts well. You're going to be energized. Your cells are going to be vibrant and healthy. So like that's that's the real point of it is, yeah. is really getting your glutathione levels like sky high. Mm-hmm. That's and, not the most comfortable experience, especially right. the first couple times you do it. it well, you're laying in a bathtub yep, on yeah. your back, right? Yep. Legs up in the air. And, we, the, you, and you have a tube side. that's how are you, are you, you on your you side? You start on your side, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got to start on your and side. And how long is the tube? <laughs> long enough to get in it. two or three How inches thick is the tube yeah. is it no it's gotta be like a foot i would have, i've never done it oh yeah, the actual yeah. Two. Yeah. yeah yeah oh a couple feet yeah yeah two, two, that's not feet. the part that go the whole the couple feet doesn't go no in. but how far but probably, like how far like, up does i think it it's go? like 18 inches is the thing and then you put it in like 12 or 8 to 8 to 12 oh no i, I would put in like two inches <laughs> really oh. <laughs> You you've done one before, right? You put it in twelve inches. Jesus, you have to keep fishing it in. It has to get up there pretty deep. You might, I might be doing it wrong, guys. Someone's doing it wrong. I got bad advice out of the get go. Oh man, Tom, you well, I got bad advice because our friend Peter put in the thick, like the one that's like vaginal. Yes, good lord. So that one was (laughs) this. It was only like four inches long, but it was like the size of a quarter thick. Jeez. And he told me that's what you put in your in the butt. And I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> so then when I found those things, I think they're 18 inches and you're supposed to go like pretty deep. So I that's I might be doing it wrong. <laughs> right. That's always <laughs> been my concern. Is I, nobody knows. Who would be the coffee enema expert? I, I just read a couple websites, I guess, you yeah. know, and you read a couple of things about it and it's, it's not that complicated. You know, you just, right. I mean, we do them in the hospital all the time. This is not how deep do you guys to, go? Here's the thing. You'd be surprised eight years in healthcare. I've never done one, but what we do in the hospital is we call them milk and cookies and we do milk and molasses and uh-huh. a pot of coffee. You let the coffee cool just so everyone knows. That's a good hot point. Coffee in your butt. Yeah, you and want about room temperature, yeah. or not, but body temperature. Yeah, yeah body yeah. temperature, yeah. so you, you let it want, cool. Yeah. And then you don't want too cold, you don't too want cold's not fun. <laughs> too hot's not fun. <laughs> you got to get so it just you, right. Yeah, milk so we mix milk and molasses with it, and then that is, I mean, truly for people who have very resistant constipation, this is what we use in the just hospital, flushes. and it works so well. And it's like a more natural way to stimulate instead of giving it. A lot of the medications don't won't even work, but the minute you do that, so a lot of times after surgery, when people are like, I can't go to the bathroom, I've been on all these meds. The first thing I say is like, have you drank coffee? Like, have you, you know, so yeah. and then when it doesn't work from above, we do reverse. So this is not novel to Tim. Um, it happens in the hospital thing, yeah. all the time. So, so it, you're I mean, more of an expert because you've done I've it. Just, to... No, I've just never actually done it. Our nurses oh. do it. I order it a lot and we talk about it. Um, but it, it does happen. And mm-hmm. um I don't know how far the tube needs to go. I was going to ask you how can you find out. We'll put it in the show notes. Let's put that on the podcast. Like, let's do a a post on that. How deep should the tube go? Tom's done 12 inches deep. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I am taking from this conversation. It's small, though. You don't feel it after that first inch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, so outside no, of coffee so animals, I'm getting boys off one. of this. Wait. What else goes into? <laughs> and then, and that's, so that, it's been a couple months since I've done one, but I, I was doing them pretty regularly. Daily. Like, yeah, daily. Yeah. Yep. For how long? Because this is what people need. Years. Years daily. Yeah. Like two, three years. 
Not, not like daily, but four or five times a week. But yeah. When you stopped doing it, did you notice a difference in like your colon health? No, like, not at all. Okay. Um, it doesn't really change your that body doesn't too. get like addicted to it. No, not at all. Um, yeah, when you have a child, you guys know you're you just lose time. That yeah, you can do things. So it it's not the quickest procedure. It takes you know half hour, right. forty five minutes to prepare it, and and people can look this up. Where I first read about was was it Gerson therapy, like a cancer. It was a cancer protocol, and yeah. one of the big things they used for detox was coffee enemas. Right. Yeah. So that's where uh, I anti-cancer. where I tried it. Yeah. You twelve when years. when Lindsay yes was, when um, Lindsay was going through that. So that's where I was like, all right, we got that seems like it helps. Like we got to do this. So I was like. I guess I'll try it too. Well, and, the, and that's but, where the heart of it comes is like you, you do whatever it takes, especially right. when you're in that situation. But like my, my mindset with my health is I'm, I'm not waiting until cancer comes. Right. Like I'm doing anything and everything I can to keep my body healthy and well. And not just right. to not get cancer, but to bring the best version of myself to the world. So yeah. I, I noticed after doing those, like I always felt incredibly energized because your glutathione levels are sky high and you have caffeine in your body and you know, it's, you know, you flushed everything out. Right. So you, you don't feel like weight weighted down. So, well, and did you, were you supposed to hold it in for a certain amount of time too? I would do like 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minute. Like, so you're just laying there holding it in. Here's where it goes next level, Tommy. I would meditate while I'm doing it. Like prayer and no, I'd like throw thing. like YouTube meditation on oh, yeah, or throw yeah. like some instrumental music and, uh, just really think about nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so you get like mental peace, you get, you know, all the benefits from the, the reverse coffee. Yeah. And then I would end it with another thing we can go into is Wim Hof breathing. Mm. You guys know Wim Hof breathing? Right? Yeah. Tell the audience about that. So you're basically hyper oxygenating your blood. So you're breathing really hard for a minute or two, and then you blow all your air out. You have literally no air in your lungs, but because you have so much oxygen in your bloodstream, your, uh, your body goes through this like realkalizing process. Yeah. So it, um, it's, it's nuts, but you could like, after breathing that hard for a minute or two, you can go two, three, four minutes without taking a breath with no air in your lungs. Wow. So that's how I would end my reverse coffees. Doing is, some uh, breathing. With, with breath some work. Off. Yep. Which is great. I always think whenever I have a patient and I say, take a big breath in half the time, their big breath in is smaller than what I would consider a small breath in. Yeah. And I say, take a big breath in. And I'm like, what do you mean? They don't, they don't even know how to take a big breath in because they breathe so shallow all the time. Yeah. And breathing is like a simple, you could call it a biohack, but like when you can really get in tune with your breath, you can, you can really supercharge your body, you know, yeah. through the Wim Hof breathing, or if you're trying to calm yourself down, get your parasympathetics going, slow breaths in, pause at the top, really slow breath out. Like breath, breath work is another, I, I would call it a biohack because you can alter your physiology or enhance your physiology just, just by doing, doing something that. simple like that. And have you seen all the people who are putting tape over their mouth while they sleep? I have seen that. I haven't tried that one, breathing, yeah. but that'd probably be good. Sometimes I'm a snorer. It seems scary to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if your nose gets stopped up and you can't breathe? Right. I think it's got little holes in it though. So even, you know, even with your mouth tape, you, you can still get a little bit of air through, but I haven't tried that one. But yeah, uh, nasal breathing is much better than mouth breathing. Like mouth breathing is really bad for your gums and your teeth. And um, you don't get your body oxygenized as, as much as nasal breathing. Nasal breathing also helps uh, increase your nitric oxide. So if you're trying to like prep yourself for a workout, breathing through your nose is better than breathing through your mouth. Yeah, and, and cancer and most disease can't exist in a oxygenated environment. Yeah, that's why hyperbaric. Yes. Op- uh, Oxygen therapy is so like really, really effective for that. Yeah. So it's, it, along the same line, like we don't focus enough on the simple. 
like breathing, it's so unconscious and it's so like, we just do it, but you never think like, how do I become more efficient at breathing so that I can get oxygen in my body and diminish the presence of disease? Yep. How do I breathe well? Right. Yeah. Like training that. So that's good. Yeah. And, and that's where I think frustration can come in, in like the, the medical world is, is when people are dealing with symptoms and pain and problems, we're looking for medications to, to help them feel better rather than looking at the root cause. Like, well, how are you breathing throughout the day? Are you mm-hmm. breathing really shallow? Are you drinking enough water throughout the day? How are you resting at night? You right. know, so it's a, I agree, Tom, most people got to get back to the basics with their health. Right. So then let's continue on in like your journey here. So you, at one point you were doing daily coffee enemas. That's kind of evolved. What does your morning routine look like before you head into work? Yeah. Like so I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and uh, start to do oil pulling. Use no oil pulling. Yep. So you swish a little bit of coconut oil around your mouth. Um, really good to like good versus brushing your teeth kind of thing. Or you, and I'm sure you do pull right? yeah, but before <laughs> so brushing but. my teeth. So I, so I throw the oil in, start oil pulling, pull toxins out of your mouth, kill mm-hmm. off, you know, nighttime and bacteria and all that stuff. Maybe give, give I details of that, a, a scoop and how long is it in there for? Yeah, you get a lot spoon. of saliva. So you, you do, and yeah. you swish it around for five to 10 minutes. Yeah. So while I'm doing that though, I would say this is the, the best biohack I got. And the one that most people need to add into their lives. Nice. This is number one, Let's write this down. Got it. Got a pen. Spinal motion. Ooh. Full spinal motion. And I know you guys know it and I know you guys love it, but it's incredible for your body. Like getting your spine moving in every plane of motion mm-hmm. for minutes in each direction is unbelievable for what it does, not just for the health of your spine. It's great for your discs. It's great for the muscles around your spine, but it's incredible for your nervous system. Like it just floods your brain with this balance of information. Right. Like 90% of the info that your brain takes up is from proprioception or pro- proprioception is where where your body is in space yeah but all the proprioceptors majority of them in your body are right around your spine so when your spine's moving well and all your spine is moving well uh it just it balances out your nervous system i'd say that of all the things that people could do for their health if they would get what we call the wobble routine yes. if they could put three to five minutes of wobble in the morning drastic improvements in how they uh feel and how they heal yeah and it's so good because what that also does the, is mobility of the spine pumps oxygen and nutrients up. You like literally moves fluid around the body. Yep, cerebral spinal fluids pumps that. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they talk about how when people get older and they retire or they sit more, they're not moving the spine. So then they start losing their mind, meaning they're not getting enough nutrients and oxygens due to trunk motion or spinal motion in those planes. And now memory loss, Alzheimer's, the degenerative neurological disease is just based on they used to move more because they went to work and did their routine and now they're sitting more. Yeah. Motion is life. Mm -hmm. Like when you're moving well, you're living well. And when you're not moving well, you're not living well. Yeah. Um, so oil pulling, yeah. Wobbles. So I, so I oil pulling while I wobble. Be in there. Sunlight grounding. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So before uh, <laughs> it's, it's still sorry, dark. I was jumping ahead. It's, it's still dark. It's four fifteen a.m. Four twenty-two is when I say four twenty-two every morning. Even uh, weekends? primarily Monday to Friday, and then uh, weekends. Sometimes we'll sleep in another yeah. hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> I get all up on the weekends. No, um, but, but that's another good one that people don't know is, is you do want to wake up around the same time every day because your circadian rhythm gets set. So you guys probably notice if you are used to waking up the same time throughout the week, your body will wake you up close to the same time on the weekend 
And most people will force themselves to go back to sleep when you really should just use the cortisol that your body's pumping out right there to get up and get moving and get your yeah. day started. Uh, cause it's like, you, I'm sure you guys have had this before where you fall back asleep and then two hours later, even with two more hours of sleep, you wake up feeling super tired. Same. Yeah. It's cause your body always uh, already pumped out the cortisol. Yeah. So I do try to wake up around the same time. Why 422 real quick before you go on? I, so I work out at 5am with, uh, with a couple guys. So to get my wobble, my oil pull, what I'm going to go into you next, kind of my, reverse my deep it. squat and neck traction. That'd be the the next, I guess, biohack. Yeah. That I got. Deep squat, simple, simple motion that most people are not doing that they need to be doing. You think of watching a baby or a toddler walk around and they can get their butt almost to the ground. Yeah. Right? Their, their knees have great flexibility. Their hips have great flexibility. And then we lose that over time. And again, when, when you lose motion, you lose life. So if we can keep our bodies moving well and, and keep flexibility and mobility it just adds um adds more life to your life so i get into a deep squat for two or three minutes kind of bounce around in there loosen up my hips and my knees my ankles um and then do neck traction so you guys know how important neck traction Mm -hmm. is but most people take their necks for granted another simple way to improve your health is that's a good is you improve your neck right i I agree with that one health comes from above down so it comes from your brain and travels down your spinal cord Mm -hmm. So if you've got a bad neck, you've got bad health. You've got a bad connection between your brain and your body. So most people have forward head posture from looking at computers and cell phones and driving and all these positions that put your head in front of your shoulders. And they don't realize how that's just like wreaking havoc on their health because of the tension that puts on their spinal cord. So a great way to counteract that is doing cervical traction or lengthening out your spine and, and getting the tension out of your spinal cord and your neck. Mm-hmm. And maybe explain that for someone who hasn't seen it before. It's a essentially at the top of your door, there's a rope and then you put one behind the back of yeah, your neck. Yeah. You put something underneath your chin and you put something behind your neck. So your, your head fits into it and then you just lower yourself down and it lengthens out. Kind of decompresses spine. everything. Decompresses yep. it. It puts, mm-hmm. puts an arc back puts in your curve. neck. Yep. For sure. Yep. So, and you have that in your clinic, we have that in our clinic, and then uh, people can take those and purchase those and get those at home too. Yeah, and yeah. every single person I take care of, I I encourage them to get one and encourage them to use it twice a day, every day, every morning, every night. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's something that takes a minute or two, but you build a habit like that, you can stay healthy for a really long time. Yep, yep. good. So then you hit the gym. Yep, so a uh, couple days a week, I'll go CrossFit, lift heavy, do some like high-intensity interval work. And then a couple of days a week, I'll go to the infrared sauna gym. So if you guys Ooh. heard oh, about this that? place called Hotworks, there's one in Lexington, there's one in West Columbia. I know. I don't know if the Northeast has they one. They have yet. like a red effect. I think it's called. It clo- yeah, it closed down. Oh, it we used to have red effect, and it closed down. Unbelievable. So you get all the. You're in an infrared sauna, so it's 130 degrees in there, but it's dry heat, so it's not like a a wet sauna. Yeah. And that infrared energy is incredible for your body. It's great for your skin and collagen production and helps your joints. Uh, but then you're working out in there. So you're, you know, you're on a exercise bike or a row machine and you're just getting crazy sweaty. Have which you yeah. ever done Bikram or anything like that? Uh, yeah. A couple of times. Is it kind of, is the heat the same as like a Bikram heat? Similar. Like it's just like yeah. dry yep. heat. Yep. Yep. Nice. Nice. I want to go. Okay. And it's, it's an, an hour. Recommend. Is it uh, an hour? No, it's 15 minutes. The high intensity classes are 15 minutes. Oh. So you're just in there for 15. So it's super what? time efficient, right? Like me with a daughter and a career and all this stuff i don't have a ton of time so i'm in and out of there in 20 25 minutes and i'm able to lift a little bit of weights get an infrared sauna session in and get a high intensity 
exercise session in and you sweat like crazy. And, and sweating, of course, is again? really good. Hot works. Hot works. All right. What's cool, or what I'm hearing and what I, I think I want people to, to hear is that you're, you're combining a lot of stuff too. Where people say they don't have time, you're looking at like, oh, I can oil pull while, while I wobble. Yes. Right, exactly. Yes. Instead so of breaking things up. I can or go to the gym and get the infrared sauna bath yep. at the same time. Yep. Yeah, I can meditate crazy. while I'm doing a reverse coffee if you're going to do something like that. But um, the other one, so I, I heard you bring in, sunlight's got to be part of your team. Uh, one of my favorite new... Uh, you could call it a biohacker health Oh, I hope you're going to say what I think you're going to say. What? Red light therapy. Oh, no. <laughs> what were you hoping for? <laughs> now I'm curious. Well, I, so I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing about a lot of people who they, they say your son, the, your butthole needs sunlight. <laughs> I, I haven't heard this one. I, you haven't seen I, that? It's, I thought it's you were going to say, sun, Randall, that everybody butthole. should go for a walk in the morning. No, no. Right? That, this is a thing. And you were hoping he was getting And I naked. know that you've seen this I, before. I have seen it. I have. People are talking about it. But they they basically get naked on their porch and they just expose their butt to the sun. <laughs> it's like dead bug, that, that the um, <laughs> yoga move. <laughs> Downward dog. On your back. <laughs> Down dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't done Anyways, that Anyways, all right. Go, go on. <laughs> all right, look into that. But uh, if it's great for you, I'm up to try it. You know? <laughs> That's Make what sure I'm... You, uh, and I hear it from people who are really backyard. healthy. Uh, not private Great in this backyard. backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Some really tall trees up here. It's screeners. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't see I'm myself doing that soon, but I'm not against, yeah. not against it. Yep. <laughs> but uh, what I was getting into uh, those is, uh, yeah, red light therapy. And yeah. you guys use something similar in the clinic with the, with the laser. Yeah. But um, most people don't realize that the light that we're exposed to throughout the day from fluorescent lights or LED lights is not natural at all right, right. Our, our bodies are created to be in the sunshine and we're not in the sunshine very often um so the the red light is kind of like a hack to balance out the amount of light yeah. or the frequencies of light that come into your body so it's um infrared and near infrared which mimic the sunrise and the sunset yeah so it's like blasting yourself with the sunrise and the sunset at the same time and it's really really good for your mitochondria and yeah helps your skin and your collagen production all this stuff and, now do and, you have one of those big red lights that, yeah yeah and then a, do you just stand about in front half of the size of my yeah. body yep and i'll i'll stand in front of it and then i'll sit in front of it what are you wearing when you stand meditate. in front of it oh you wear nothing <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get the benefits from the light because well, one of my friends has one and she yeah. called me and she's like what am i supposed to do with this someone sold me one but I don't actually know when I'm supposed to use it or how I'm supposed to use it. So yeah. you can do it in the morning. You could do anywhere from five to 20 minutes a day. Okay. You could probably do more than that, but you know, uh, I think you would want to err on the side of caution to overdoing it. You wouldn't want to like over zap your, your yeah. cells and all that stuff. Um, yeah, it's, I've found it's most effective in the morning time. Okay. You, they have different settings on there. So if you set it to the, the one that mimics the sunset, that would probably kind of wind you down a little bit more. Yeah. You could use it at night too, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but I, I use it in the morning time, okay. do it with yeah. a little meditation. And then, and this is something I learned about meditation literally yesterday. And I didn't know, I thought meditation, you were supposed to think about things like you were supposed to like process your day and your hopes and your dreams and like really like put out into the universe what you want. Apparently you're not supposed to think at all. Well, uh, different strokes for different folks. Mm -hmm. Like there's different ways to do it. I, I tend to try to not think about anything, like just let my mind go to a, a very peaceful place and rest and take a break. And then um, you guys know that your brain puts out different wavelengths and frequencies. So like your beta 
brain waves are when you're awake and thinking about things and working on projects. Mm -hmm. Your alpha is when you're in a more relaxed state of mind. You're kind of like highly suggestible, almost like hypnotized, but that's when you're about to go to sleep or when you wake up in the morning. So um, the meditation I do, I, I try to get my mind to an alpha state of mind and that's most effective when you're you're not thinking about things. Okay. And then you said you use like a YouTube to like prompt you to like guide you through it. Is it like soothing music or is it someone talking and leading? Usually I'll I'll do a guided meditation. So I've gotten into this recently and I started out by just doing videos and someone will, you know, talk you through different things and focus on your breath and think about this or think about that. And it kind of guides you into it. And then all of a sudden you're like you can feel it when you're there. Like you just feel like you're not quite hypnotized, but right. super, super relaxed. Almost like a and, dream state. Yeah. And like, you can almost feel it in your head and in your brain. So it's pretty cool. Um, but through doing that enough, now I'll just put on uh, a sound wave or a frequency that is suggestive to your brain to get to that frequency too. And your brain almost syncs up with the, the beat or the music or whatever. Yeah. Um, and helps you get there faster. Yeah. And I've heard of like suggestive programming too, where you can like have things speak into you when you're in that state. So it's like programming your subconscious mind. Yeah. And then uh, another layer to that is like mind control, like where, where you can get to a meditative state and you can start to, like you said, you know, create an intention or something that you want to, to accomplish or have yes. happen. Um, visualization, visualization would be like yeah. a, a sports you know, metaphor for that. Um, that's another, yeah, another but- way to do it. But I usually use it to just kind of like peace out and balance my mind and take a break. I think meditation is so cool. I have not, I've tried it like a few times, but never enough. And I feel like that's the next thing. Yeah. And sometimes it's intimidating because you're like, man, I don't have that much time. So, but I don't either. So sometimes I'll just do it for like five minutes or 10 minutes. You know, you don't don't need a ton of time to do it. Yep. The, hard, the hardest part is when your kids wake you up four times and you're trying to meditate and you just fall asleep <laughs> yeah. over and over again. So Emma loves the red light now. So like whenever I have it on and she's in the house, she'll run up there and daddy, I want to do the red light too. And yeah. she'll be in there with me. So obviously I'm not getting a whole deep meditation in when she's in there, but it's, it's quality time with my daughter and she's uh, watching me um, do a healthy habit or a healthy practice. And uh, I think one of the coolest things about all these you know, biohacks or healthy habits that I form is, is my daughter wants to do them too. Yeah. It's like your kids are going to mimic you. So that's another reason why it's, it's like so important that, especially as parents that, that we have healthy habits because our kids are going to mirror what we're doing. Yeah. Right. So often they talk about like, Oh, I don't have any time. I don't have any time. Um, and it's like, well, one, your cup needs to be filled. So like make that time. And then also it's important because you're the example for your kids. And so it's like, if you're living the best version of your health, you're promoting that onto them. Yeah. So a lot of times we'll want to be really selfless and be like, oh, I just want to do everything for them. And it's like, well, by doing this for yourself, you actually are achieving that because you're teaching them the best ways to live. And you're, you're giving a better version of yourself to your family, you know, right. when you're well taken care right. of and you take a little time for yourself. Right. Which I have to commend all of you guys, because actually coming from a more medical world, the most appealing thing when I met all of you is the way that you lived. You guys didn't necessarily even have to talk about it. Like I just watched all of you guys and it created such a paradigm shift in myself. Like these are the healthiest people I know. How do I live more like them? And I tell this often, but it's just so insane because I'm like, just by living the way they lived, I was like, God, I want to change. Like I want to, I want to make my life look closer to theirs because that's what true like wellness and health is. Um, and so it's just been fun being in like y'all's presence and it really does work. And I know y'all are doing that for your patients. Yeah. Now, well, and I, this is for you, Megan, then too. Do you feel like when you hear some of this stuff from a medical or like the listener too, right. 
Does it feel brainwashy? Does it feel like we're in this cult? Does it feel like, because I think sometimes people, if people meet Tim and you hear all this stuff and you think that there's a group of people that also do that stuff, it sounds a little Waco-y, right? Yeah, I think for me, because I got to observe it like really firsthand by getting to know you all so well, the thing I noticed first and foremost, and this isn't a slight on the hospital, it's just the kind of like the culture that it breeds. So like on a stressful day at the hospital, it's very, very stressful. Like the way that we would kind of deal with that is like there was a ton of like pleasure eating. So like we always had like donuts and coffee and candy and like we couldn't wait till like somebody bought pizza for the floor or and then like many of my friends I've never been into energy drinks but it was like an energy drink you know in the morning and then again in the afternoon and like before we left and that never like we all know that that's not what health is but it's just like it's part of like the culture it's like this indoctrinated it's indoctrinated into kind of like the hospital system and so what I saw like when I came to like when I got to know all of you guys is like that wasn't present and your lives didn't demand that. Right. And then I saw like, what are you doing in your free time? Like we're making, we're prioritizing working out every day and we're running, you know, half marathons and we are taking the time to meditate and like all of these things. And I was like, that seems more like just what I know health, what health to be. Is, yeah. And it's not a criticism on the medical system. It's just like the purity of it is like, that's what health is. So like even this morning or this past week, I've been trying to take a walk every morning with Sawyer to get exposure to the sun, to just like get moving really early. And I was actually thinking like how amazing it is that I now have a life that allows me to do such a thing. And like how there's not this dependence on like other, like on food or on coffee or on energy, like it's being produced by actually like moving. And I feel like the most well version and, um, you know, there's sacrifices that come along with that to have that time to be able to do things, but it right. is really, it's not wakey at all in the sense that it's just like we're, we're stripping things back. There, to hopefully, like, everybody gets the to, Waco reference. to things at their purest, and yeah. that's what I really enjoy about it. It's like it's not asking you to do anything; it's really asking you to do a lot less. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I think well, and I bring that up just because I think people put chiropractors in general into the cult category. But when you really meet them and you really look at their lifestyles and you hear some, there's some stuff that's different. But when you, when I'm, when I'm listening to Tim, I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right. that makes sense. There's nothing where I'm like, that seems like a crazy stretch. Maybe coffee enema seems a little crazy <laughs> stretch, but there's, there's logic to all of that versus what we've grown accustomed to is taking a medication, becoming the first resort and the solution, quote unquote, right. versus like, wait a minute, I didn't sleep last night. I didn't drink enough water. Right. I didn't, you know, relax my mind from all the stress, like the basics. Right. I'm reading a book right now called Metabolical. It's a great read. It's actually by a physician, MD. Um, I think he went, he went to Cornell University. So, you know, and has a nutrition so for the dorks, yeah, for, has a he's nutrition, highly reputable. <laughs> has a nutrition background from MIT. All that to say is he started the chapter this morning. I listened to this on my walks, multitasking, like you said. There we go. And um, he said, if you had a wasp in your attic, you wouldn't kill just the wasp. You'd look for the nest. And like the same thing with healthcare. It's like we can tackle all of these individual symptoms. But like, that's not, you're not, you got to look upstream from that if you really want the problem to go away. And so medicine is really focused on symptoms. It's not focused on the cure. And all I think chiropractic or functional medicine or holistic 
healthcare professionals are asking people to do is like, let's help you solve the cause. Mm -hmm. Let's look for the cause so that you don't have the symptoms. Yeah, the, the famous tagline is the cause is the cure. Like the, the only way you're going to cure your dis-ease or your problem is to get to what's causing it. Mm -hmm. It's And I think it's hard to hold a culture too that's so focused on health, especially as you grow and you have new staff coming in. And sometimes I'll just walk around and I'll find stuff and I'll just be throwing stuff away. And they'll be like, I just bought that $12 Werther's original box and you threw it in the trash. Or, um, hey, someone brought a cake and instead of throwing it away in the package, you opened the package and then threw it in the trash so that I couldn't eat it. And it's they're they're frustrated, but then months down the line, they start looking back and they say, wow, thank you. I didn't realize how addicted I was to that stuff. I didn't realize how much I was eating it. I thought it was just a treat, but I was eating it every single day, basically. And then there's this, and either they get frustrated and they leave, or they make it to the two-month or three-month part, and they say, man, my new lifestyle is so different, so much better. Like our guy Brett over here, gummy worm lagoon. First, first week, he had gummy worms. <laughs> now he's just <laughs> lugging bananas back. <laughs> he's got raw cashews. Yeah. But he made changes. It's great. Right. Yeah. Um, so Tim, let's kind of speak to, you mentioned fasting at one point, and I think this is an interesting topic because you've done a, a bunch of different varieties of, of fasting and going days without eating or different varieties. Kind of talk to some of the options if somebody are looking at fasting and then maybe what to expect if they go through a fast or, or how they can do that. Well, that's another simple one and it can sound complicated. It's like, oh my God, I can't, I can't even imagine not eating for a day or a couple days, but it's, it's really not that difficult. Like you just have to choose to do it. You yeah. know, like you just have to decide this is what I'm doing today. I'm not going to eat breakfast. Yep. You know, it's like, it's just a choice that you make and you just don't waver on it when you start to feel hungry because how you feel in the moment is, is going to change, but you, you got to be anchored to a, a commitment rather than, than, um, always acting on feelings. Right. But, uh, for fasting, you know, there's a lot of, people that are starting to do intermittent fasting and a lot of information out there on it. It's because it is the most powerful, ancient and inexpensive way to improve your health. Mm -hmm. so your yeah, dad it's, it's just a, lost a tremendous amount of weight doing Yeah, just narrowing fasting. down the narrowing down the window. Yeah, just compressing eat. your eating window. So just the easiest way to do it for most people is just don't eat breakfast. Make your first meal around lunchtime, 11, 12, one o'clock, and then don't eat too late at night. And all of a sudden you've built intermittent fasting into your lifestyle and it doesn't have to be a chore or something that's difficult. Right. So I, I intermittent fast, I don't know, a couple days a week. I don't do it every day. Um, I actually just started practicing picking a day and doing uh, a dinner to dinner fast. So rather than the 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. 24 hours. So I ate dinner last night. I haven't eaten anything today. I won't eat until whenever I get home tonight. Yep. Um, but when you go those longer periods without eating, when you start to push the 16, 18, 20 hour window, that's when your body starts to kick autophagy into, into gear, which is like cellular cleansing. It's it's your cells, you know, eating out the old damage. Killing like bad cells. Yes, yeah, yeah. senescent cells or yeah. Yeah, bad cells. And Can't and use big words on our podcast. Our, <laughs> smart. Our, our listeners like Tim simple is our words. Listener. And by me. <laughs> um, um, yeah. No, I was going to say, so like that's a, another simple one. Like it's not Wednesday is my busiest day of the week. So if I don't eat, it actually simplifies my life rather than making it more complicated. Right. And to do it well, you just got to make sure you're getting enough water, enough salt. Like if, if you're not feeling good on a fast, you're usually just low in electrolytes. Yeah. Right. And um, not table salt. No, you, you want to get like some of the, the pink salt or you can do trace minerals or um, those. Yeah. Not just yeah. 
sodium and chloride. Right. You want to get all the minerals that you can. Yeah. And for glycemic effects, um, the big one is the intermittent fast really dinner time. Like you should, that should be the meal. So like they have seen really good results with people like reversing diabetes or like their A1C lowering by um, doing the intermittent fast and then letting their glycemic index kind of recover. But that I think is kind of related more with like the dinner time, mm-hmm. yep. skipping that well, meal. Like fasting is shown to improve all these different health markers. Like it improves your blood pressure and your cholesterol and your weight and your insulin levels. And right. your, uh, like, well, it's, and you look back to it, it's like, oh, that's just what humans were supposed to be doing all along. Like right. we're just living in accordance with, with what our ancestors have done yep. for thousands of years. You know, right. it's like, we, yeah. we didn't always have food available in a refrigerator or at a restaurant. Yeah. Yes. And something changes when you go 12 or 14 hours without eating where before you would say, Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to eat anything that's in front of me. Or, Oh, I just had to stop and grab something to eat. So I stopped there. That's most people's excuse for buying fast food or something that they shouldn't be having. And then once you go 14 hours, you realize it's not an emergency anymore. I've, it's only been three hours since I've eaten. I think I can go an extra 30 minutes, make it home and then eat when I get there. Yeah. And it's, if, if you haven't done a longer fast, I highly recommend it because it's a challenge. Like it's not easy to do and you do get a little bit uncomfortable, but we're too comfortable in life, right? Like I think more people need to be okay with getting a little bit uncomfortable. Right. So right. that's, um, every year I, I, I do a five day fast where I'll do nothing but water for five days. And that, I agree. That is a little bit extreme, but mm-hmm. it's also incredible for your body. Like right. You, you know, um, all the autophagy or cellular cleansing and you get a huge growth hormone spike and you start producing all these, uh, stem cells, your body like literally starts to regenerate itself yeah. when you starve it. It becomes extremely efficient. Yeah. Like it, it realizes like I have to really get rid of the bad and hold on to the good. Well, and I'll tell you the, the coolest thing and that the reason I love fasting so much and why I'll always do it and always encourage people to do it is because it's so biblical. I was going to say Mark Wahlberg, I follow him really closely and he talks that. about fasting and he. Rand is a huge, I'm a huge Mark, except for he says that he's not natural and not taking a bunch of growth hormones and. I'm sure he's on steroids. He's 50 something and he's huge. That or I got to figure out what he's doing, right? Like that guy's ripped. Right. I think he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing. No, um, not Mark Wahlberg. I, it hurts anyways, me to say it. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but he talks a lot about just like the biblical correlation with fasting. Well, it's, well my favorite, um, I guess, I don't want to, you know, it's a, a really, really powerful part of the Bible is when uh, Jesus comes and he gave his disciples all authority to heal people. And they did heal people. Like, they laid their hands on people like chiropractors, like chiropractors do adjusted them and they healed people. Right. But, but then they came to this, <laughs> Just it's, got a real culty Listen, here. it's a stretch. It's a little culty, but we're going to, we're going to put it laid out their there. hands open for interpretation. Right. But anyway, so Jesus gave his disciples authority to heal. They healed all kinds of people, but then they came across this epileptic boy that they couldn't this he was having seizures. They couldn't heal him and they called Jesus over. And of course, you know, Jesus calls them out and he says, you guys have too little faith, right? If you have faith or, mm. you know, when you expect things to happen, you can make them happen. Uh, and yeah. then he heals the boy and, and they said, well, well, why couldn't we heal him? And he said, well, some things only come out through prayer and fasting, mm. you know, and, and there are some disease processes that will only get better if With you fast. That. That's like, good. Well, and, and set, set the expectations of some of the things that your body goes through. Cause I think sometimes people will look at them as negative. Like day one, you may get headaches and you might feel cold and you might feel fatigue, but these are all things to just kind of push through. Just know they're coming and 
and be okay with them when they come. Like you're, you're going to be Cravings. a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. So if, if you're doing a longer fast, you usually want to be busy. Like you don't want to be just sitting at your house. Like I've done longer fasts where I didn't have much on my schedule. Right. And all you can think about is how hungry you are and how you want to eat. Right. Now that's on like day one and day two, like something happens around day two, day three, and your body gets numb to the hunger. Yeah. So it's once you've produced enough ghrelin or your hunger hormone, your body's you know, numb to the signal. It's like your yeah. body's still making the ghrelin, but the receptors are already full. So you're not experiencing right. the hunger. And it's weird. You, all of a sudden you start to feel light and focused and calm and you have like this great energy and you can work out and you would think you'd be so tired and miserable, but day three, four, five, you actually feel really great. good. Yeah. And you start talking to yourself like, oh, I can I do can this forever. forever. <laughs> yeah. Why am I eating? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and then uh, it, I, there, it's one of the reasons I always end it is because it is pretty socially annoying to be with someone who's fasting. Like I, I, you know, I yeah. thank my wife for putting up with all the crazy stuff I do. Marcela is amazing. Mm. Um, you guys can tell I, I have a lot of weird habits or health hacks. Um, and she puts up with that. So I'm really yeah. thankful that she does. Yeah. That's good. Um, how do you go back into eating? So you finish your fast for five days. You haven't eaten anything. How do you slowly ease back? Great. In? Qu- anytime you're fasting for more than a day, very important how you break the fast. Yep. Like the, how you break the fast is more important than the time fasting because all of a sudden your digestive tract has more or less shut down. Like your stomach acid isn't being produced, your body's not producing bile, uh, pancreatic enzymes. So you got to break it really, really lightly and slowly. Mm-hmm. And I ideally, I found it best with bone broth. Yep. So breaking it with bone broth, sip it real slow, do that for half hour or so, get half a cup or a cup of bone broth. Um, and the time period that you fast for, you want to use half of that to break the fast. So say you fast for five days, you want to kind of plan out the next two and a half days as you're breaking it. So start with bone broth, maybe do some green juices. Yeah. Um, I was going to say for first timers for fast, like I've never done like a no food, but I've done juice, um, not necessarily like orange juice or sugary juices, but like green juices. It, would that be a good first step to like a novice, somebody who's never done one to do like a clean juice? Absolutely. Fast? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, start somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't start with five. I would say do one. And once you've done one, do two. Yeah. And once you do two, you can do three. And once you do, you know, if you've done three, you can do five. You can go, you can do yeah. Set, yeah, you can go. Yeah. I, I had a lady in Winnipeg who was, she, or I didn't have her. She was a lady in Winnipeg that was somewhat high profile and she was trying to protest the government. So she said, that's it. I'm going to fast until the government changes this. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty extreme. So then I went and I read what she was going to do. And she said, I'm eating only fruits, vegetables, meats, and drinking water until the government changes this. (laughs) That's a weird definition of a fast to just eat healthy (laughs) foods. From now on, I'm eating no McDonald's until the government (laughs) changes this. So I think there's a lot of different ideas of what a fast is so when you're talking about it you're talking about just water and yeah, maybe and salt and do you have coffee on that water and salt is how i do it yeah um and it, the thing about fasting is the the main health benefit you get is from uh getting your insulin levels really really low and keeping them low for a long period of time because then your body's going to start to make ketones and do all these other things that we were talking about before so there are lots of things that you can do on a fast that aren't going to give you much of an insulin spike i, I mean Really, as long as you're keeping very, very low carb and not eating too, too much food, like there's tons of research on the fasting mimicking diet where you can even get five to 700 calories throughout the day for five to 10 days. And you'll get almost the same effects as you would from a water fast because you're just keeping your insulin levels so, so low. Like celery? Yeah, like celery. You could 
you know, there's lots of stuff. Is it true sure. that you burn calories while eating celery? I Makes sense to that. me. It's they're not very you yeah. get like calorie negative because like the chewing because it takes energy right. to break, break it, it down, down too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, just tastes so terrible. No, it's you don't like celery. Oh, I wish I did. I want to like it so badly, but it's just oh, I the feel worst. Beets, which I like. I use beets celery as a dip shovel. Like yeah. I'll find a dip that I like and I'll just shovel it in. <laughs> that I can get on board with. Yeah, that's just get a crunch factor. So how about supplements? Um, is there any supplement routine or, or anything that you're taking that the average person should just be for sure taking? And then any, maybe anything in addition to like the work that you're putting in? I would say the basics, everybody should be taking vitamin D3 mm -hmm. because majority of people are not spending time in the sun with their shirt or shorts off. Cause those that some people are like, Oh yeah, I get in the sun all the time. It's like, well, you're facing your forearms. Don't really produce all that much. And your butthole's vitamin. not out. <laughs> or you learned today. <laughs> Uh, so vitamin D3, um, huge would be a, a really important one to start with, uh, a good multivitamin quality multivitamin, just because there's going to be gaps in even the best diets out there. Right. Uh, magnesium is a major deficiency that most people have. So most people should be supplementing with magnesium, especially if you're working out or living a stressful life, you know, um, not sleeping as much as you'd like to. Most people uh, do you, there, are there two types. There's like magnesium citrate. Oh, there's and like seven. Yeah, there's like a bunch. Ones with yeah. a G. Is there a specific one? Magnesium oxide doesn't do much other than clean out your bowels. Uh, magnesium glycinate is yeah, really glycinate. good for your uh, a lot of different things, but glycine Heart, is muscle. Yeah, great for your digestive tract too. Helps to kind of rebuild your gut lining. Um, magnesium three and eight. There's lots of different types of magnesium. Can you speak to omegas? Because I think a lot of times people get a little confused about omegas. Yeah. So another common deficiency is most people don't get healthy fats. So an omega supplement would be a, a good one to get on board with. Um, with your omegas, you got to get them in the right ratio. So there's lots of different types of omegas out there. And most people's diet has plenty of omega, but it's omega-6s. And omega-6s are going to be pro-inflammatory. So if, if you're getting too much omega-6, your body's going to be puffy and inflamed and your joints are going to hurt and you're going to have uh, leave yourself more susceptible to inflammatory diseases. So most people's lifestyle needs more of an omega-3 supplement. But when you're talking about supplements, there's a couple baseline ones that everyone should be doing, in my opinion, uh, multivitamin, vitamin D3, omega fatty acids, magnesium, and B vitamins, just because mm -hmm. they're hard to get use through. Them a lot, yeah. Yeah, you use them a lot. They're hard to get through your diet. Your body needs them every day. So I would say most people should do that daily, even with a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And then what you want to do with supplements is supplement your lifestyle. So if you're someone that's active and lifting weights, yeah, take protein, like have a good high quality protein powder. If you're someone that doesn't eat a whole lot of vegetables or fruits, have a really good greens powder. Uh, if you're someone that knows that you've lived a toxic lifestyle for a while, you might need to do a detox uh, a couple times a year. So that's, that's how I like to use uh, supplements. And, and then the, the other one I'd say really important and beneficial is antioxidants. Mm -hmm. So like supplementing with vitamin C regularly is something yeah. I do. Um, curcumin is another really powerful antioxidant, uh, N-acetylcysteine, great antioxidant. So I would say if you, if you got those right there, D3, omega, multivitamin B, magnesium, that'd be a good baseline. And then on top of that, I would do antioxidants. Some more lifestyle. Yeah. And then yeah. figure out what, what your lifestyle is missing. Well, liver's really hot right now. And I started taking it a month ago and I feel amazing on it. Yeah. 
I'm curious if you've been playing around with that at all. Organ meats. Yes. So I got into those this year too. Are you taking capsules or are you eating? I know I'm doing capsules. Yeah. So I went the other route. I bought a bunch of liver and it is terrible. I was going to say. Was it from a cow or a deer? I did beef liver Mm -hmm. and it just is not tasty. Um, I was able to like uh, raw. Or are you doing it like cut? No, small, no, I, I cook it. it. Okay. Yeah, I know some people do it raw, but yeah. no, I, I cooked it and it's just, it tastes bad. So I don't like eating it. Um, chicken livers are palatable. I've found, and yeah. it might be something like that kind of grows on you over time. Like the more times I've eaten it, I'm, I'm finding myself able to eat a little bit more of it. Yeah. Um, but heart is one that actually tastes pretty good. So, uh, heart, you can buy it in the store ground up and it, you, like we'll make burgers with it or tacos with it. Um, heart's pretty tasty and really, really good for you. So. Yeah. And are you eating a whole heart per serving? I never know the dosage. I, it's all ground or, up yeah. and, and they mix it with ground beef. So I don't know how, how and much. You just ask the butcher, you go to Publix and say, I would like some heart. No, it's at 14 carat. Okay. Uh, and they just have it packaged and it looks like ground beef and it tastes pretty similar to ground mm. beef. And Emma loves it. Marcella loves it. We, we eat a little bit of heart. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Did you fall for the whole liver king thing? I I saw a couple of his videos and it's unbelievable that like one how muscular he is and two how much he eats. Mm-hmm. Like he just pounds food. I but then it came out that he's been doing steroids and pretending that he wasn't. Uh, Tom fell for I that. I fell hard. hard. I was like, dude, he's eating completely different. You got to watch this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure part of it was due to his diet, right? But yeah. I mean, know. he's so lean. You can hit it. Yeah, you can hit a certain point. But then he was, he was massive. Yeah. He would just be, he would have his shirt off. He was, he was kind of like you, just have his shirt off at all times. <laughs> hey, that's uh, another it was impressive. Keep your shirt off, get that vitamin D. Yep, I that's think right. that's why people in Florida are always so like attractive. This is my theory. You would say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> where are you from, Megan? I've never heard somebody say <laughs> yeah, where this are you is why people in Florida are so attractive. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a fact. There is a certain charm. Someone like I went to the Chicago when I was in college, and I like might as well have like walked in and like been a magnet, because. And I say this, in Florida we have such sunny, hot weather, and like the beach is so much a part of our culture. Like you're oftentimes in bathing suits, and so I think people are a lot more aware and conscious of their bodies. And so, either through healthy mechanisms or not, just by looking at yeah. our bodies more frequently and not masking it under clothes, there is this like, you know. You have a little bit more motivation to make better choices. Correct. That's where I'm getting at. And you're probably getting more vitamin D. And vitamin D is great for so many different things in your body. So there's like this glimmer I had when I lived in Florida. And then when I went to the Midwest, that's not the same kind of vibe. And so there was this like big contrast. Well, Brett just pulled up the most attractive women in America actually come from Florida doesn't even make the top 10. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania up there. Pittsburgh hot. Pittsburgh hot. Debbie Tedesco. Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Virginia, and Michigan. Now, that list doesn't look correct. <laughs> that seems correct. like the most unattractive. Yeah. When I, now, that's states in the United States, but I'll tell you the most beautiful women in the world come from Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. That's your wife. No, Super caliente. All right. Um, and then Canada, I mean... You're going way north. If you walked into Canada, Megan, that's oh the Palm goodness. Beach Post. So I would hope that the, the say that we're number one. Yeah, seventy percent more attractive men. Men, oh, no months. Oh. Montana had the best looking men, according to this. All right. Well, we'll deep dive. We'll deep dive later. Yeah, we'll deep dive later. Okay. People need Maybe to know. Men. All right. Well, 
it's good. anecdotal. Just so, like you're not going to find some of the chiropractic in a medical book. Good point. Anecdotal evidence proves right. that Florida girls are the good most attractive. Point. All right. We don't need research and exactly. literature. You don't need science. Dorks. I'm just kidding. So, we definitely need science. So walk us through, kind of in our last minutes, walk us through what you do with a patient in your clinic and what that looks like. Because I know people are... And we should maybe tell people where your where your clinic is, what you do, stuff like that. Great, yeah, uh, I'm in Lexington, so I, I run a max living clinic like you guys do. We do corrective chiropractic care. Uh, we also help people with nutrition and detoxing and uh, find the right fitness plan. Um, but majority of people come and we'll start by helping them solve their problem, more or less. They'll they'll come with uh, aches or pains or health conditions and problems, and we help them look for the the cause of of why that's there. Um, and a foundational thing that we do with almost everybody that comes into our office is, is we look to their spine and we evaluate their spine because that's, that's where health comes from is, is from your nervous system. So a, a, a healthy spine creates a healthy body. Um, when there's a poor position spine or shift or misalignment, it's going to create tension or stress on the spinal cord and the nervous system and can create not only pains, but all kinds of other problems. And it also prevents the body from healing and getting better. So if, if you're trying to recover, you're trying to heal, a good place to start is, is by addressing if there's tension in your spine or not. So to do that, we majority of people that start in our office, we look at x-rays of their spine so we can see it. So we're not just feeling their spine or guessing where it's at. We can be systematic with it. And then we're not only giving them adjustments, but we're, we're designing the right spinal rehabilitative program for them. So they don't just get temporary relief they can get lasting results and keep their body at a state of ease so they can heal and recover. Yeah, it's good. Sweet. So good. It, does it still blow your mind that people, we know that the nervous system controls everything in the body. That's not a chiropractic thing. Like I want to make sure listeners hear that chiropractors didn't come up with this. Look at the spine, look at the nervous system, open up Gray's Anatomy. They talk about the nervous system controls everything. You don't have to convince people about that. No, the you transect your spine, you don't, like in an right. auto accident, you don't have in trauma, things. right? And you That's, see that. We see that. And hospital. we'll give that example. Like, yeah, if you break your neck and and you lose function below that part, right? right? Well, you can. You depending can. on what you do to your spinal cord. Depending on how bad it is, right? So knowing all that, like in practice, does it still blow your mind that you'll sit across from a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 70-year-old that's never had their nervous system and spine checked their entire life? I do not get surprised because I remember back being 18 years old and having no idea Same thing, yeah. to check my spine. And Nobody talks about it. I never knew. So it's, it's one of those things like you never know until you know, and that's that's why I love what we do is we get to kind of turn the lights back on for people yeah. and help them understand something so simple that can make such a profound difference in their health in the short term and the long term. It's, it's one, but you never know until you know, like someone has to, to tell you or you have to hear from somebody else. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to go and experience it for yourself to, and then once, once you experience it, oftentimes it just clicks. It's like, Oh my God, I had no idea I should have been taking care of my spine for years. Right. And you start taking care of it and you start, you see all these things improve in your life. Like for me, I just remember my mood improved. I was able to focus better in school. I slept better at night. I had way better energy. It just, it was such a life changer. It was like a no brainer for me to, to go and do that for other people so I could help them change their lives. Yeah. And to take away the intimidation factor, I think there might be like still a little bit of people being intimidated to go to a chiropractor or scared or any of that. The difference in our clinics is that first visit, we're literally there to listen. We're there to seek cause. 
And then if we take x-rays, that's that's where we're starting. There's zero adjust, like we're not coming in and, and laying you down and karate chopping your neck and jumping on your back um, and trying to get these pops and cracks. We're literally dice, like getting a very anal analytical view of where is interference in your body. So if, see, if people are listening and they've had never been checked, today is the day to make that decision. Whatever city, country that you're listening, go find a chiropractor that takes x-rays and at least do visit one. That's yeah. my whole thing is like visit one. If you don't get that light bulb, like where it's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense and see your x-rays and do like you get the option. You can do nothing or it may be the day that changes your life forever just by showing up, getting the films, doing doing what it takes to to like checking your blood pressure, getting your your blood work done. We do all those things and those don't control the function of the body. We just need this one thing where it's like, oh, there it is on an x-ray. It's crooked. I need to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's people come in and and they'll they'll have a number like, oh man, I, a woman this morning, and it was everything under the sun was wrong with her. And she'd had all these different doctors and had all these different medications, and no one had ever taken an x-ray of her neck before. Right. And I think we we're living in the lifetime that it's going to be just common practice that of course we're going to look at your neck. It's what control, like right. it's connected to what controls everything in your body. It's, it's how your brain controls the function of your body is yes. through the signals that sends through your neck. So for, for someone to have health problems or not have health problems and you're not looking at their neck and the transmission of the, the power and the force and the life from their brain out to the rest of their body. I think we're going to be in the generation that, that, that becomes yeah. common practice. It's like, yes. oh, of course we're going to start by looking at your neck. Yes. It's, and I, I always equate it to like, it'd be like calling an electrician and them only looking at the light bulb and be like, and you're like, well, what about the fuse box back there? Like where all the power's coming from? Like, <laughs> and they're like, and that's how I think of doctors like, no, 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 can't be that. Like, don't get that looked at. Let's just, uh, let's just treat this light bulb here. Let's unplug it. Let's try to plug something let's else. Let's try to shine it. Let's, you know, yeah, let's it. color it. Let's, let's put a different light bulb in. Yes. And I'll stick up for the medical system for just a <laughs> second. <We're not> <laughs> no, but okay. you have, it's not really taught in the medical curriculum. Sure. I mean, I'm a PA, so I did 70% of what a typical medical school curriculum is. And really two glaring things is you don't spend a lot of time talking about that and you don't spend a lot of time talking on nutrition. Right. So my hope for the future is, is that we will enter into the lifetime in which it's integrated, in which you can have chiropractors in the hospital adjusting patients, in which like you have a system where it's like, we may have to use some medications in the interim, but our goal is to find the cause. It's to find the fuse box. Yes. Your light bulb needs change, but we also got to make sure the breaker doesn't keep tripping it so that it burns out more quick. Yeah. Quickly. And so that's, that's the whole point is that yes. the education has to change. And it's just like, you don't know what you don't know. And we're just becoming enlightened to all of these things by more people being for sure. About it's, it. it's not one or the other. Yes. It's, it's how do we use both of them to give right. the best outcome to the right. people, but the people in general at like, everyone should start by, by yes. developing healthy habits right. to start. Right. A hundred percent. And that, and I, yeah, it's a good point. I don't want you, I don't want the listeners to think like we're anti, we're not anti-medicine, no. but not the least bit. yeah, what we're, what we're just looking to, to is incorporate another, it'd be like saying, Hey, 
do this additional test. See, that's why the listeners that's all it is. They do. They need a healthy dose. And that's why actually everyone's wondering why we have a fourth mic today. It's because Dr. Tim requested my presence. And I think that this is just The best episodes have Megan's Tetson on them. Well. Oh, boy. It's out there for the people. How was it low? Wait a minute. Get a kick him under the table. We have 90 episodes. What the people need to see is the the Randy Megan dynamic. What if it's Randy and Megan on an episode? We need to get rid of me. Randy, you and I should do an episode without Tom. I I might go start my own podcast. (laughs) Well, I think the thing is, is he's just saying that I, it's a nice compliment to me because I Well, you bring us back. He watches the videos when Megan's on him and he listens to it when it's me and Tom. (laughs) Okay, to wrap things up a little bit. What are some of, so point of the podcast, Movers and Shakers, if any of our listeners are on the west side of town, certainly check, you know, Dr. Tim and the whole Max Living Max Living, Living out. Lexington. Google They're, Max Living yeah. Lexington on, what's the road? Sunset. Sunset Boulevard. Sunset yeah. Boulevard. Do you have, and you have an Instagram or do you have an email? That I do. Uh, at Max Living Lex is our clinic Instagram. Do you post Dr. shirtless Dr. on there at all? No, that's a Dr. Tim. <laughs> no, if you dig it. deep enough, I'm sure you can find okay. me shirtless on the internet. And then it's at Dr. Or if you walk into Lexington, you'll probably see me. <laughs> <laughs> and then this personal is at Dr. Losby. Underscore Losby. Underscore yeah. Losby. Dr. Underscore Losby. Yeah. Cool. Um, just what are some of your favorite places? A lot of times we have a lot of people talk mm-hmm. about downtown favorite places or like this side of town, but on the Lexington side, what are some of your favorite places? Hopefully, you guys know this owners? one. Bodie Thai. Boom. Yes like hands down the best restaurant i would say in the columbia area better than wow. ratio yeah hey javier. i love javier yeah, javier love- you know what it's uh it's equal they're to equal. Ratio. Sure. they're go. different they're different because yeah, yeah. like bodhi ties a little upscale ratio is a little more casual yeah so i do love them both but bodhi ties unbelievable go yeah. sit in the back um you, there's a huge glass wall you can watch the the chef in action it's it's pretty cool sweet bodhi mm-hmm. ties good spot love love it. It. all right all loved right. having you on right. thanks for being on appreciate it thanks guys here we're here for the health of it for the health of it